0: Theology is not just for a certain kind of person, mm. um, and it's not just about getting ordained, it's not just so that you can preach good sermons, this is about expanding the horizon on which the, the Spirit is speaking to us, and transforming our lives.
1: Welcome to the Future Church Podcast, with me, Anthony Delaney, I am really happy to uh, have you joining us today. Apparently, the received wisdom is to wait until the very end to say, um, why don't you subscribe and like, uh, because otherwise that puts people off. But you've heard me say it now, so um, I've just done it. And if you didn't like it, I'm really sorry. Uh, But do subscribe and like, because we like you. Thank you very much. Uh, Today's guest um, on the Future Church podcast um, is somebody who's involved here at Ivy Church and is uh, our... WTC Theology Hub Director for Manchester, WTC being Westminster Theological Centre. So, welcome to the Future Church Podcast, Mary Thomason.
0: Thanks, Anthony. Nice to be here.
1: Fantastic. Now, I know that you have uh, a passion for Jesus, a passion for theology, a passion for people, and all those things combine in the role that you're now doing with WTC, we'll get to that kind of outworking in a bit. But what's your kind of story? What's the story of, of your life of faith, etc.? That's kind of brought you to who you are and what you're doing now.
0: Um, so I've always been a Christian. I've always known God. So I was brought up in a in a Christian home. Um, I had a fantastic mother um, who loved God, brought us brought us up to know Jesus. I'm one of six girls. Wow. Um, so we're a big family. Um, I'm a, I'm a twin, as well. So we, um, we were brought up Church of England. Uh, went to just our local parish church. Um, but my mum really, she was really instrumental in discipling discipling us girls. It was us sisters, and then maybe one other family. That was our youth group. Um, no bells or whistles, organ playing, just very traditional. Um, but my mum had such a heart for Jesus. So she brought us up and she just used to take us along to a bunch of stuff like Spring Harvest and um, to various different meetings. Sometimes, you know, I was dragged there, um, but we did go. Um, and I remember when I was <clears throat> about eight years old, um, went to Spring Harvest um, and I was in a meeting, um, one of the kids' meetings and um, had such a powerful encounter with Jesus. Um, And it's so funny, because it was so long ago, but I remember the songs we sang. Um, I've never heard them again, Um, just that one time, Um, but I could sing it to you now. It had had such a profound impact on me, and it was um, a song about giving Jesus all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, like everything, like I give you everything, and, I know at that moment it was, I'd always known Jesus and he'd been so much part of my life. Um, I don't remember a moment him not being there. Like He, I was always felt like I was with him. Um, But that was the moment that I was like, yes, this is going to get my everything. Like I love you, Jesus. Um, And um, it was an amazing night because we went back into the caravan, me and my twin sister, Katie. And basically she'd had... The same experience on the same night. We came, we came in, and my mum said that she knew something had happened to us, like we were just shining. Um, so that was real. My real like moment of this is what I'm giving my life to, for, and to. And it's a funny thing to think of when you're eight years old, but I know that that was like so real in my heart. Um, so we were. Um, so we you know I was still continued following God, um involved in like stuff like cU and stuff at school, um always like the Christian kids like standing out a little bit odd, <laughs> um not the norm. um and another thing that one of the things that really um impacted me very deeply was message two thousand. so I was brought up in Manchester, we had like a big mission in two thousand, and um we started doing. In our village, we worked together with some of the churches. We started doing um, outreach and getting to know the people in our village. And um, I think for me, that was the first time that I saw the gospel at work. Before that, it was like my personal Relationship with Jesus, and then mm-hmm. um, we were out on the streets with kids, and you know I was encountering things that I'd never encountered before. um Like I thought they all had the same um, detergent liquid because all the kids smelled the same, and then I realized it was weed, and it took <laughs> me years to find that out. But I, you know, I was so closeted. We were just, we were in a, on a. We lived on a farm. We just was a very idyllic. Um, upbringing, and then all of a sudden we were encountering all this stuff that I'd not really encountered before, um, but I also like saw Jesus changing lives, um, and kids coming off drugs, stopping smoking, and giving their lives to Jesus, and it utterly changed my world. Yeah. Um, I remember just like laying in my bed, I was 16, I remember laying in my bed, just after, you know, being out on the streets and just being with these kids and laying there and just like wriggling with excitement, just like, oh God, like the gospel, like it changes, it changes people's lives. Like this is real, this is not yeah. just about me and you, this is about the world, this is about people, this is about um, lives being changed and um, so that had like a really profound effect on me. And um, And when I was 18, I went and I lived in Uganda. Um, So I went out with Youth of a Mission um, and I did something called a Year for God scheme. So we did a DTS and then we did like various placements. Um, And again, that was deeply impacting a different culture. Um, I've kind of been brought up like... um, on Jackie Pullinger and, um, the cross and the switchblade, that kind of stuff. And it had always like really inspired me. Um, and so that was kind of like my moment of being like, okay, like God, like, what do you do when you are brought to the end of your comfort zones and where are you and who are you and how do you make a difference? And it was a different culture. There was a lot of poverty. There was a lot of need, um, probably a lot of things that, kind of was a bit traumatic as a 19 year old to see um but was like a real special time with growing my faith um and my understanding yeah i suppose it's like
1: you're through these things you're getting exposed to the reality of the world beyond yes and the need for jesus but also the the power of Jesus to change lives. I always remember when I I used to think that when I was a police officer and I first became a Christian working around the streets of Manchester in the toughest places and thinking that, you know what, if 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 God could change people here like this, mm. he can change anybody. And mm. these are the kind of things that effectively, I suppose, give us, you know, they build our faith. But I mean, how much important do you think it would be for young people now even, you know, or us to how can we help young people? When we kind of get this thing I don't want to... You know, people have been through tough times. I completely understand that. You want to love people as they are. But, you know, we have this sort of um, viewpoint, I suppose, for young people that we've got to sort of protect them and wrap them up in cotton wool and all of those kind of things because, they might, you know, we don't want to hurt them and Mm. they're sort of fragile enough and all those kind of things. But, but, you know, it it sounds like the stuff that you went through actually was, in some ways, the the making of you as a Christian.
0: Yeah, and I think... Yeah, I, I think we do sometimes wrap the youth up or the young people up too much because, like, we're almost, like, stopping them encountering what the kingdom actually, what it actually does. Like, I know from from my experience or seeing um, my friends or other people who were Christians and they were kind of in these kind of, like, safe environments where... It, they were just surrounded by, di- or just Christians, and you know maybe it's a good youth group and they're getting taught discipleship and that's all good. But um, when the rubber hits the road and you have to know whether Jesus is real or not, like if you've not been in spaces where you've 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 encountered that for somebody else, or you've been in spaces where you've felt the dynamics of of different spiritual powers, even um, like. It makes a it makes a difference to how robust your faith is. It makes a difference to who you believe Jesus is. Is is Jesus just there to give you to make you feel comfortable, to make you feel good, um, or do we say yes to Jesus because he we, we believe that he makes a difference and that he changes things and his kingdom is powerful and it's breaking through and um, and that he's given us authority. Um, to see that happen, and I know for my, so my sisters, when we were doing all all of our youth with my sisters, they were, two sisters were quite a lot younger than me, Um, and um, they had a group of friends who were, who were Christians, and um, they, there was kind of like a divide in terms of the parents on how much they would allow their kids who were Christians to associate with these kids from broken homes and who were swearing a lot and smoking weed and all of that stuff. And a lot of these parents chose to remove the kids to protect them. Um, Now, I'm not saying this is what always happens, but definitely what happened in that situation is all those kids, as they grew up through school, they actually lost their faiths. But there was like a, a small kernel of kids, my sisters and then a few others, who were still involved they did all the courses we did get god courses and rock solid and all the rest of it and you know kids throwing jack potatoes everywhere and it was just mayhem um but those kids they've all grown up and they do have like a still a strong faith now because your faith means that you do something
1: mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, it's, tested, it's yeah. tested as well isn't it in those yeah. hard places yeah. rather than just theoretical I mean we yeah. can come back to that we're talking about theology, and you know one of the things with regard to West, you know the Westminster Theological Centre is that the aspects of it having been is not something that you get removed from the world in order to study theology and just sit in some academic ivory tower theoretical yeah. stuff. But you know it, yeah. it's with people that are still you know whatever they're doing in their lives and work and etc. But coming alongside that to integrate knowledge of God theology into their lives Yeah,
0: yeah yeah and I think that's a Mm. a really important thing about WTC it's about practitioners like you're studying theology but we we want to know about God but we want to know God and Mm. what's he doing and how does that change who we are and if Jesus being the son of God who we believe in if that has changed the world then we're exploring what does that change Mm. Look like what does it look like, and so even the faculty members, everybody, they're all practitioners. Mm. They're they're not just in this ivory ta- tower. It's it's yeah. thinking about God, but loving God, and it's the day to day.
1: So, as part of your journey on from there, you've been to Uganda. I know you've been to other nations as well. Yeah, lived in the U.S.
0: Yes, I lived in the U.S. for three years. Um, so I went to do a ministry school over there. So um, it was the Bethel Supernatural School. Um, so I did that for three years, um, which was amazing, very transformative. Mm. Um, and um, yes, yeah, so I feel like sometimes I'm in this un- unique position where I've like done theology, I've got my BMA, MA, and then I've gone to this supernatural school. And this whole thing of theology and spirit is, mm. is very important to me. Um, and combining the two and so often they are separated um, and but then I think in the church there needs to be a coming a coming together of of theology this like rigorous learning this intellectual digging in and um, loving God with all of our mind but then also being people of the spirit and seeing the spirit move and be active in the world
1: yeah absolutely I think many years ago when i went to theological college that you know you kind of studied i suppose the liberal some of the liberal theologians and one of the things that many of them did back in the day was to disassociate and to try and make Religion, Christianity more palatable. They wanted to strip out all of the theological... Oh, sorry, all of the supernatural. Mm. So they would kind of, you know, give reasons that... Oh, the feeding of the 5,000 was a nice yeah, story. It taught people yeah, that yeah, really yeah. that boy shared and so should we all share and all that. And, you know, yeah. really made them... I remember one somebody said that, you know, they all felt a bit guilty because they actually did have food, but they didn't want to share it. And his act, you know, it's like, you've got to actually... <laughs> It takes something. It takes some believing, something different, to come up with something like that, rather than just reading what it says. But I think in the end, we're talking about God. I don't know how mm. people can talk about God theologically yeah. without a supernatural framework. Yeah. But somehow we can end up doing that. And even again, in terms of well, certainly what we're trying to do here is a, a re-emphasis, if anything, on a lost emphasis of of the supernatural mm. um, in order to reclaim our inheritance as that now again even you know obviously people listen to this podcast in different uh nations and different places and different theological backgrounds etc so when people you know hear Bethel um you know some people will go oh yeah brilliant you know Bethel love their worship love their you know teaching and and uh, and and you know I, I've personally I, Chris Vallotton I've read quite a few of his books particularly and been you know really Blown away. It's one of the reasons why we're here at Ivy was connected to reading one of his books, and Mm -hmm. you know, and we've got friends out there. Dave Hill used to be on staff here at Ivy. Now helps to lead the children's work in Bethel. So we've got you know lots of good positives to do with that. But at the same time, some people will have heard maybe on social media or whatever things that will be like, oh, but they do this, and oh, but they do that, and like the excesses of it. I suppose you're going to get that. Yes. With with power, with an emphasis on supernatural. It's not... It isn't safe, the word we used before.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and people... I think when, when people are going into that environment, it is like a risk-taking environment. People are trying to grow in the spirit. They're trying to raise up revivalists. And also you've got like thousands of people there and you can't... You, you can't control what people are doing. So I think there's kind of like this explosion of like, okay, Holy Spirit, like what we're going to do? Like what do you... What does it mean to to um, be living in the spirit what's it mean to be supernatural and people are experimenting and I mean I always say it's a little bit crazy like I remember sometimes you'd walk into places into the worship be like what is happening here people are blindfolded and worshiping and you know they're just kind of like trying to push the edges and see like Mm. how to encounter God more Um, And so it is that kind of environment, but also it does mean that there will then be some people who are doing things that may feel completely out of the box and a little bit crazy. And also like maybe theologically, we wouldn't recommend that. But I think the good thing about Bethel is it's allowing people to kind of push the envelope a little Mm. bit um, Mm. and break some boxes to Discover more of God, and there's always going to be a little bit of mess, yeah. When you do that, it's never going to be tidy. Um, revival's not tidy, no yeah. revival has ever been tidy. Um, so I think in that respect, it, it's a really great place. Um, but obviously, there is you know stuff that comes out yeah, if that you makes want to sound if, a bit if, weird, sometimes. yeah.
1: It, and and I suppose it's a school, so yes, people are learning school. in a school, yeah, people yeah, are yeah. coming and they're growing, and we learn by. Well, not going to do that one again or yeah. whatever, but, you know, yeah, you ha- yeah. so, yeah, I you know, I think um, it's, it, it, and I know that there's been, you know, through Bethel in various ways, there's been a re-emphasis in many circles to lean into prayer for healing, yes. for, you know, yeah. uh, a re on hearing God for ourselves and, and trusting him, etc. So, you know, I, I, for one, am really grateful for, you know, all the positive influences. There, thereby and so then you you've so you've worked in various sort of mission church ministry and in business management as well
0: yes yeah, so I've done in two areas so I worked in a um in a Christian business it was a <clears throat> it was a multi-business model um where they we had like a coffee shop um a beauty spa and a gift shop it was down in Watford. Um it's called Presence. Um for me, I think it was one of the best mission models that mm. I've seen. I don't think it would work now because COVID has changed the retail environment, but as it was then, um people were on the high street, they were shopping. They're not of their own village and just walking into churches for the main part, but they love people love to shop. So we were just there on the high street. And it wasn't like, don't think Wesley Owen, it was more like um, we were selling everything. So candles, jewellery, children's toys, homeware, um, and people would be coming in every season of their life. Weddings, christenings, Christmas, Mother's Day, um, birthdays. And so we were just interacting with people in their day to day. um, And as a staff, we were all Christian and we were just... The vision was to be a place of God's presence on the high street, um, and we saw it. It was amazing. Mm. It was it was honestly incredible um, in terms of the conversations we would have with people um, and getting to know people and just you know conversations about life, about where people were really at. You know, we would be serving people, talking to them. Um, crying with people at the cabinets as you're talking to them about their family and it really was a special place and we used to um, offer spiritual services as well in our spa packages so mm-hmm. we called them, it was Dream Interpretation and uh, Spiritual Reads and Spiritual Reads are just prophetic Yeah. Um. so people would book in as part of a spa package or just um, just as a single um, service, and we would just get to prophesy. And I think for me personally, I that was probably one of my hugest growth moments in the prophetic because people had an appointment, they turned up. It was you and one other. You'd mm. explain, you know, you know, we're gonna ask God um put some stuff about you we're coming you know all this is coming from jesus we were very very clear because sometimes people are coming in they're like i actually want to come and like talk to my you know my dead granddad i was like "Mm, we're not gonna do that Mm -hmm. um so it it was but we it was so mind-blowing for for me just to watch people's response to having Mm -hmm. um to having the voice of God spoken over them and to to actually realize that they're known Mm. that God knows them and he loves them. And I remember this one instance we were, this woman had booked in, I think somebody else had booked her in for a spa package and booked her this spiritual read. Um, and she came in, she had a dressing gown on and she's got her arms folded and she's basically just giving us a like, go on then. Let's see what you've got vibes. Um, and, she she just she was so hard and we but we started just prophesying over her and just to watch her face change mm. um and in the end she was just weeping. She's like nobody knows this about me. Mm. Nobody knows this. Um like, well, you know, God knows you and He loves you. Um she was so undone by it and I think that was probably one of my standout experiences, just Watching what happens when somebody realizes that God knows them, and that He sees them, Mm. and that He loves them, Um,
1: and it's out there rather than coming to us. It's there where people they're you know coming in, but then yeah, connecting to Jesus uh, in a way that you know it's being church.
0: Yeah, 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 and we, and as as a team, we were such. It was such a great community. Mm. Um, you know, sharpening each other, and and I think the good thing is we were working together, so it was not like turning up to church either, where you mm. can sometimes put on a mask and say, hey, everything's fine and everything's good. You know, we're you we're around each other. We can see whether you know, you don't do your job properly or, you know, you're not being kind to somebody that day. Like, you know, it's when yeah. it's it's refining mm. to be with each other and seeing as each other in that space, but also be like, no, we're here, like trying to bring God's kingdom and his presence to people in their day-to-days. Yeah,
1: yeah. and I know you said that particular model might not work now post-COVID, but we, we've got opportunities. I just think here in, like, last week that... In our Ivy Cafe in the sports club that we've mm. now got that, you know, somebody said last Thursday, I don't know all the details, but, you know, just some people going in the cafe, there were four different opportunities that people who, you know, aren't, as far as I know, believers, but ended mm. up receiving and asking for and receiving prayer. And each one of them ended in tears of some yeah. kind. And, you know, people are, I think, more than ever ready for good news. Yeah. These days. Yeah,
0: and open for prayer, I
1: think. Mm. Yeah.
0: I think we underestimate
1: that. So, what would it look like in that sense? You know, talk me through it. I suppose I've got you know, if I'm say I'm out somewhere and and even um, you know not necessarily like a cold call appointment, but you know, how do you hear God for somebody else? What would that kind of look like? You know, from the sort of the training you've received, but also the practicality of that of somebody who who might have some kind of an awareness. What were you? What you know? How do you how do you start to be able to um, you know? To do that with somebody in a way that it isn't religious, but is, you know, connecting them, as you said, to Jesus. What would it, what, what could it kind of look like um, to do that with somebody? Say, say, I'm just talking as a friend, and I'm like, well, I don't even know if there is a God, then, but you know, go on, then, <laughs> uh, you know, that kind of thing, as you say, to. What, what 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 happens from your point of view if you were to pray for somebody and now you know they're open but they're like i don't even know what would you kind of thing would you do to start to engage with god for somebody else in that way
0: um i think i think it's changed over the years what i would do i used to um and i think that's just how it changed how as i've grown the muscles to, to listen to god um when I was first starting to, to, to do it, I would probably ask God, like, maybe it was something they, um, to speak to me through something that I could see. Um, um, so whether it's something that they were, were wearing or, um, holding or carrying, um, and just say, okay, like God, what, what can you, what can you tell me about something that, but give me something that I can kind of focus in on mm. Um, that you can give me a picture about or a word about. Um, and he, the thing that I would say is that God's always faithful to speak. Sometimes it's just, it's the courage mm. to, to start, to just start voicing out what you, what you think you hear. I think sometimes people think it's going, God's going to sound different than what you sound like. Yeah. Actually, he sounds like you when he's in, when he's talking to you um Mm. and he will often and he's using your imagination um
1: so i shouldn't be hearing like this anthony No, i'm (laughs) i'm going 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 to talk to to you now he's not like he doesn't accept that you know
0: He's, he's not like that No. um i mean i'm sure you know there is stories of things like that happening but that's definitely not how it happens with me um so it, it does sound like your own voice and um because I remember when I first started prophesying over people it was my my pastor I was in a church called St Andrew's Chorley Wood down in London and um he said to me we were praying for somebody and it's before I was really doing anything in the prophetic he said he we were praying for somebody and he just like whispered to me Mary just say what you see I was like I don't and he's like, no, just say what you see. I was like, okay, fine. Um, So I had this, like, picture in my imagination, but I think I just, like, never trusted my imagination as a space mm. that God used. Um, Whereas now, I think years later, I'm like, oh, that is the space he used. I think that's one of the reasons why he gives us an imagination because it's almost like his canvas that he starts speaking to us on. Um mm. And so I started saying what I could see. I was describing these paths. And, and then the person we were praying for starts weeping. I'm like, oh my goodness, God speaks to me. Mm. And he's always been speaking to me. But I just didn't know. I didn't know it was him. Because it, so, it feels so normal on the inside. Yeah. Um, so I, I think... I think what I would encourage people is that God is always speaking. I hold that as like a core belief. Sometimes we just need to learn to know what that sounds and looks like. And it probably doesn't sound as intense or as extreme as you think it might look like. It probably feels very normal on the inside. Part of it is just the courage and the risk to step out um, and to start, to start speaking.
1: Yeah. And there is that element in a kind of New Testament way that it's not like thus saith the Lord and I have yeah. to get this all 100% mm-hmm. right or you're going to pick up a stone and throw me but it is that we see through a mirror darkly this I always remember years ago when I, I, I was on a staff team and the uh, the vicar was incredibly prophetic would very know, astonishingly accurate and So I always felt like I couldn't really do it, but he was pushed me in a similar way to what you just Mm. described. I remember praying for one person and this name came to mind and I said, Oh, I've got this. And I told him all kinds of stuff. I said, and you know, and he was like, "Uh -uh, uh." and uh, and I said, it's not for you. It's for somebody else. And I said, a name and then said something and went through it. And I said, does that mean anything to me? He says, Oh, well, Kind of, but not really. I thought, oh, that's not good. Really. And, then, I mean, and then then he said, he said, well, because you said, you said the name Eve, but my wife's called Eva, okay. and I was like, well, come on, <laughs> hang, you know, hang, I'm trying. hang, it. yeah, hang on, now, it's not, it's not like I said Ethel. It's not like, it's like you know, you know, yeah. we kind of meet me halfway. <laughs> you know, so I do think we have, you know. So again, we, you know possibly we we don't get it all 100 percent right so we don't yeah. sort of just you know we remember it's god and yes. you know that he you know that he never gives us everything perfectly because then it goes to our heads and we kind of think it's us so yeah. you know again we so we're growing in these things and you said that so so nowadays more it's more of the kind of you know it's your imagination rather than what you're seeing as a visual cube for instance it's more of a listening into God anyway and tuning into something that may be formed for you that this begins you to open your mouth. And as you're doing that and speaking stuff, then God effectively opens up more.
0: Yeah. I I would say, I probably, to be honest, use lots of different ways. Sometimes it's a feeling I have. Sometimes I just like have a strong gut feeling Mm. about something. Um, So sometimes it, it comes in as words, sometimes it comes in as pictures. Sometimes I just like have, have a sense. So I, when we're talking about how we feel things in the spirit, you can sometimes just have a knowing, you can sometimes feel something, you can see mm. something. Mm. Um, and I think it can come in a variety of, of different ways. I would, probably say there's moments when I really know Holy Spirit is is speaking to me and that's when I kind of, I I feel His presence on me. And at Mm. that point I'm like, okay, like I don't really have a a choice here. I've got to, I've got to speak what I'm hearing, seeing or, Mm. or, or feeling. Um, and those are the moments when you, you kind of feel like, okay, God wants to intercept in mm. this moment, for this person, mm. this is an, um, an important moment. Mm.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Brilliant. So we've got that side of it. And I think it's good that we've kind of come at it from that way because we, we have the supernatural. Um, and that, as you say, there's some things you just know because you know relationally with God. Um, and then they I don't want there to be a, a sort of dichotomy from this, but then there's the knowing God by studying theology, mm, which again, yeah. you, you know, you say you've got a, a BA and an MA and now it, I know that you're kind of going for a doctorate.
0: I, I am, yes. I'm trying to move towards that. It's yeah, hard work. And but, yep. so
1: you've got that going on. Um, and again, I, I remember when I was... If contemplating leaving the police years ago and then going in and then having to go to study theology people would be like oh you don't want to go to theology school you know that'll ruin your faith you'll come mm-hmm. out of there believing nothing which does yeah. happen some people you know they literally yeah. deconstruct everything down so they don't end up believing anything but yeah. but in the end it, it actually although it was tough for me to have some of the things that I believe challenged in a similar way as you said about it, I, I kind of, the way I see it is that in the first year, there were some things that I kind of thought, oh, I'm not so sure about that because my Bible says something differently. Mm-hmm. Second year would be like, I'd be able to actually voice more my, if I had a problem, not that I had a problem with everything. And then by the third year, I was able to dialogue better mm-hmm. because of hearing different viewpoints and be able to pick up on, on the, some of the positives as well from that. And so it mm-hmm. kind of, it grew. So that that's why I'm you know I, you know we for years have encouraged people to study theology in various yeah. ways and one of the main ways has become WTC. So, can you tell us a little bit about your job now of what that involves, then perhaps we'll circle back more into what WTC actually is. So you're a hub director from Manchester, yeah, but it's not just from Manchester. It's people come from various places. What you've been when you know and when did you you've not been doing that long? So yeah
0: no. yeah so um, I, watched, I had previously just finished actually working in um, the NHS in management did um, so that for five years and then I came um, I've come into this job I think for the last six months um, and um, the the role my role really is to kind of facilitate a learning, environment. Um, So that what WTC does is it is it's part-time online courses and they um have this vision of um of reimagining learning in community. Um, So that means that people can come and study study theology um in their context, in their communities, in their churches. They don't have to go to a different institution. Um, and upend their lives for three years, go away and come back. But like I did. Like you did and like I did actually. <laughs> um, but you get to stay in your community and you're still living your life, but you're incorporating this element of theology into that space. and um, that means that all your're learning kind of is, is like diffusing into those spaces, those communities, your workplaces, your church, like at the same time, um, as, as you learning. Um, and what the hub, what the hubs do. So there's 13 hubs all over the country. I look after the one in, in Manchester. Um, so Ivy church, they, they host the hub, um, and, um, support us and make sure everything is, is, is working, um, on the ground and, um, the students come so it's for manchester or the northwest region is really where the area that we're covering um so we've got people coming from chester um liverpool and from the from the manchester area at the minute that's our our, our geographic and so we come together on monday nights we worship together um we learn together and my role really is facilitating that space as a learning environment, creating community um, and creating a space where people are supported um, and feel like they're known and are on this journey together in a prophetic community environment uh, where friendships are made and um, people feel safe and respected as they're studying and dialoguing and kind of working through all the stuff that we're learning like it's good stuff but it you know the discussion I think for me that's the stuff that I love on Monday nights they come we come in we have worship people go and they have their different lectures but then to like listen and watch people discussing afterwards and kind of wrestling and grappling and the what ifs and what about this and what about that and if that's true then what about this it's and forming friendships and um, community as they're doing that—it's just—it's—it's it's a real amazing space. And because I love theology, um, it's such a pleasure for me to be there. I love it, um, and just watching people grow and be transformed, and um, also wrestle with who they are before God, but also watching people's calling come to life and emerge and um kind of that momentum that just happens naturally as you're talking about God and discussing God of like well then who am I in this big picture um who mm. am I in the kingdom what does it mean for me to be part of this and um what's my next steps so mm. all that stuff is is just exciting to be part of
1: yeah so good it's it's great for us to be involved and to be Sort of doing what we can to support it. I mean, my my history with WTC goes back quite a long way because before that, here in Manchester, just down the road, at an Anglican church, there was the New Wine Training Partnership, which we did together with two other Anglican churches, and we kind of got that going. But then, New Wine um had issues that they realized that the people who were studying on New Wine uh, training partnerships wouldn't necessarily be able to get ordained in the Anglican Church, so they kind of left it and um and started like saint Malitus etc but then we were left on the ground with well do we just let it fold and i thought that's what we were going to do um and then was contacted by well uh, a couple of people but one of whom is now the uh, is lucy who, mm-hmm. who lucy pepia yeah. who leads it uh, and is uh, was pr- and his principal but to say could is there any way you, we could help to keep it going and so we did and and uh you know give it a go thought maybe we'll give it a go for a year see if it works and all these years on Ten it has years. yeah it's continued to thrive and I've always said it's been one of the best things for us as a church because so often we get people who might come and want to grow and they you know as a church leader you're gonna have people coming along saying oh but I just want to go deeper and you know they kind of you know that sermon was all right but I want to go deeper or <laughs> whatever and actually just to be able to go oh you, you consider WTC? And even if they don't, it's their fault then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've basically yeah. been able, you've given them the thing that they're saying they want. Yeah, if that's yeah. the opportunity they want, mm. you can say, "Well, we." I bet you'd really benefit from WTC. But actually, those who've taken us up on it over the years, consistently, people have grown. Mm. You know, as as Christians, and you know, they know a little bit more about why they believe what they believe and they they've you know I've never had anybody come to me saying anything but you know positives from doing it in the WTC but there's different courses too different abilities you know we've had people again who've already gone into it who've done degrees etc who've gone and done MAs and but we've also had people who would have written themselves off and many people would have written themselves off perhaps people who've had a you know, a bit of a tough background and, uh, you know, uh, a bit of a, they, you know, the kind of people that you once thought of a sm- smelling of a strong, strange detergent. <laughs> and uh, yet now they've, uh, you know, they, they kind of, they've come through from a, you know, a broken background in many ways, come to Jesus. And some of those, you know, I could name some who, there's one guy in particular lived lived with us in our house for a while. And, uh, you know, he he ended up, you know at the same time as doing WTC and he ended up getting a degree Mm -hmm. he also studied as a plumber and he's got a whole new life as a result of Jesus and Mm -hmm. you know he was witnessing to his builder mates while he was studying theology and you know I just love those kind of stories as well this is something that's available for for anybody and everybody who's going to Mm -hmm. apply themselves to be able to do this kind of study so again what's the i know you've been doing it for six months but from what you know as well of, of wtc um what are the kind of range of things that are available for people to be able to to come and even try it out and have a look at it or to um maybe find out about a hub if there is one near them and how do they go and find out about it
0: um so we do have various different things for people to try and have a taste of it if, if you see what I mean. so we've got um, various stuff online, um, so we do things um, to to mark the seasons in terms of of Lent, um, Easter. with some stuff for uh, for Advent, um, just so people can can tune into those online, kind of have a little bit of a taste of what it feels like to um, be in that lecture environment and digging in a bit deeper. And um, we've got we've got online open events where people can just jump online. They, tap it. they happen every month. In fact, there's one on the 15th of February. Um, and you can talk to faculty, talk to some of the staff, find out what the courses are about, or you can get in contact with me. Um, I'm always happy to take people for a coffee, just chat about it. Um, or at some point, we will be having like an open hub event in Manchester. Mm. Um, but the, the, these open events, um, um, they're happening all across the country um, and we do things called King Kingdom Theology events where a faculty member will come out and they will do a lecture and time to have questions, or, but just kind of get a bit, a bit of an experience. Mm um and that's to help people who
1: might write themselves off and think this isn't for me and then you Mm -hmm. go and there's something that you go actually that's quite accessible and interesting yeah if i if i got through that and survived i can
0: (laughs) yeah maybe i could do this yeah and i think the thing is they really want to make this for everybody and Mm -hmm. that's what you were talking about anthony it's like they people are coming from from different walks of life Um, from different backgrounds different educational backgrounds different um, life situations and the way that it's been set up is to try and make it so that everybody can plug in that everybody have has access it's not just theology is not just for a certain kind of person Mm. Um, and it's not just about getting ordained it's not just so that you can preach good sermons this is about expanding the horizon on which the the spirit is speaking to us and transforming our lives um and opening up our um, spirits to what the kingdom is about
1: so you use the word kingdom there obviously what's the kingdom kingdom theology what's the difference what's you know um i didn't go and study the I studied theology yes what's yeah, kingdom yeah. theology is it just a you know what is it a brand what's it about
0: um so WTC they all their courses are in kingdom theology and when they're when they're speaking about kingdom theology they're focusing in on that in particular because um that's what that what Jesus came to declare the kingdom of God is here and what WTC's heart is, is it that we kind of grapple then with what what is that? What does that look like? And um, if this was his his message, Jesus' message, like how do we as Christians kind of um, dig deeper into that and mm-hmm. wrestle with it and find out what it means, finds out its implications for our lives? And um, so the kingdom, you know, the kingdom it it um, spans over every part of life, and it's a declaration. That um, salvation is here for for humans, for the earth. It's a rec- it's reconciliation of relationships. It's it's the declaration that that God has come to to heal, to save, to deliver. Mm. Um, it's it's breaking open the prison doors. It's it's the setting free of the captives. And so, and with all of that, the blessings that come with it, the creativity, it's living in love and kindness. So all of this thing that is life. Mm. Mm. Um, in God, with Jesus, this thing that he he came to proclaim um, that the kingdom of God is here. like what what is that and how do we um, how how do we think about that? How do we wrestle with that? How do we then live that out? I mean one of the things that I like to to say to people is is everybody's got a theology whether you know it or not, you have a theology, whether that's come through your tradition or um, your upbringing or whatever it is. And and this is why I think it's so important for us to come and study theology, to kind of work out what we think and why. And is there any of that that needs to be challenged? Um, is there anything that needs to be opened up? Is there anything that God wants to um, re-speak to us about, but also I think with this thing of the kingdom, um, I think in our now today, I think it's a really important topic because I th- one of the things that maybe um, concerns or s- sometimes this concerns me at the moment about churches, sometimes we, I think we forget about the kingdom and we, we can so often as, as Christians get waylaid or distracted or um, pulled off centre um, by culture um. Uh, or um, just the pressures of life, but actually, this—the message of the kingdom—I think—is the thing that grounds us. It it pulls us back. It realigns us. Um, and this is why WTC is really passionate that this is what we are mm. focusing in on. It's yeah. it's kind of our arrowhead for what we're we're thinking about yeah and
1: unlike when I was at theological college I really don't ever remember this happening but one of the things i've always i mean, for a while i was on the faculty and before that was involved as one of the board members et cetera w t c and 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 i saw it firsthand that there was there would sometimes be a um there'd be a um pausing of a session of se- mm. you know the lecture because something will be raised <laughs> up and then there'd be a question it'd be asked and then they'd be like well let's all pray about that then yeah. and let's yeah. talk and and it was like oh you're doing it like god's here not just we're not just talking about him mm. there's this is that this thing of oh jesus is here the kingdom is now yes. and so mm. that let's pray for that let's do that and you know that's why I, I love the emphasis on the, something of the immediacy
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're talking about healings and, you know, let's pray for healings while we're in lecture, while we're learning about it. Um, like, this is something that we're living in. It's not just something that we're talking about. Yeah,
1: because then you're, you're really learning it. Yes, you're not just academically yeah, yeah, yeah. talking about it, which, yeah. again, I mean, Pharisees were great at that, but that's yeah. not really our, <laughs> our pattern. Yeah. <laughs> so, I- Yeah.
0: And I think the students, I mean, from the feedback from the students is, is just what they love. Like having that, um, the collision of of the learning and actually the real life day to day in the midst of their lectures. Um, the moments where you stop and, and pray for each other. The moments where um, you just, you know, Holy Spirit is doing something. And the lecturers are open to what God is doing in that environment as well as, you know, also delivering a lecture so it's Mm. it's a real really special environment
1: and in terms of faculty I'm excited that one of my favorite theologians if you can have the favorite theologians is uh, Scott McKnight and he's actually Mm. written extensively on the kingdom and it's connection to the church and Uh, one day, a dream might be get him on the Future Church podcast. But um, you know he and he also wrote what I think is one of the most important books for church leaders to read. I'm banging on about it a lot. The church called Tove mm-hmm. about how to react when things go wrong and how the church so often got it wrong. Uh, when you know it's a kind of autopsy, I suppose, and what happened at the Willow Creek stuff with Bill Hybels. But it's not just that; it's actually a really hopeful book. I do recommend that. But Scott McKnight coming on faculty yes, and he is, yeah. he's also there's going to be an event with him and tim mackie yeah, from tim Mackey. Um, bible projects he's yeah. going to be coming and yeah. so the, the, how do people find out more about these brilliant events that, that wtc are doing what's the you know sort of contact a
0: website um so yeah so they can if people want to find out about what we're doing they can go on um our webpage which is WTC uk. and we've got a facebook page which you can find um about events and stuff on um, also if you're in the Northwest region around Manchester or roundabouts then you can email me. Um, I'd love to talk to you so that's Manchester at WTC theology.org.uk. Oh, yeah. um, I'm always happy to connect um, but yeah there's a bunch of stuff going on stuff that you can you can just tune into and um, we've got a bunch of exciting stuff coming up this the conference with um, Tim Mackey. And the Bible project is going to be amazing. That's very exciting. And um, yeah, stuff with Scott McKnight. I mean, I remember reading a book that changed my life, Blue Parakeet, um, about the Bible, a phenomenal book. So um, there's lots of exciting stuff and lots of exciting partnerships um, that do, mm. that's on the horizon for WTC, which is yeah, uh, fabulous.
1: Yeah, so we've always been excited at Ivy to partner with them. That we've also had Lucy speak previously at launch. Launchcatalyst.org. You can have a look back on our YouTube page on that, and you'll be able to see um, from Lucy speaking before. That it's going to be on our YouTube. Check that out, and um, you know it's a partnership that we, as we do more launch events this year and into the future, we want to you know keep. A partnership and connection with WTC, because for us, in many ways, it, it's uh, it's just something that we know and trust and love, and um, want to point people towards as a, a great next step for many. So, Mary, as we round out, I'm going to ask you to pray in a moment. But is there any kind of last thing you'd want to just say, and let people know about, uh, or you know, what, something of your own heart to share with anybody uh, you know who's, who's listening? Um, yeah, just as we kind of get ready to wrap out before we we pray.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess the thing on on my heart that I love to share is I mean I I love theology. I love the things of the spirit and um I would just encourage people to to dig in dig in deep with God. Like um whether that's studying theology or just, you know, in your in your in your own time just digging in with him but um to to give the Holy Spirit ex- expansive space to speak to you um, to um, to change you to challenge you um, and um, he's you know God's, God's good and he is he's an infinite God worth discovering, worth digging in for and um, it's a great quest mm. to go um, to go on a journey to find out more about him so my encouragement is to is to, to make the sacrifice to, to get to know God better.
1: Thank you. Could you pray for us and anybody listening, wherever they are now, whatever else that they're doing, because uh, we're going to, again, just to remind you, please subscribe, please like, please share this if it's encouraged you, and uh, there'll be links to everything we talked about in the uh, bio. But Mary, please, would you pray? Okay.
0: Um, yeah, God, I thank you that you are a God who can be known. Um, that is, um, it is a glory of God to conceal a matter, and it's the glory of kings to to find it out. That you are a God who who seeks to be discovered, um, and so I just pray that that you would stir our hearts, that you would, um, you would increase hunger in our hearts to discover you, um, to know you, to um, to go deeper with you god um and i ask h- h- that we would be a people who who don't just know about you but know you that we experience you we experience um your presence god um would you keep taking us deeper on this exciting journey and um, to be followers of you amen
1: amen